Hello and welcome back, dear listeners, to season two on School Paradigms. I'm especially grateful for the listener support and feedback for how I can improve the content to better meet your needs. I really appreciate you. So please keep the feedback coming, keep sharing, keep listening, and definitely stick with me. We're going to have a great time. I'm kicking things off this season with an enlightening series called Beyond the Paycheck. I'm your host, Bankesh Today, we're going into the heart of the teaching profession, and we're peeling back the layers to talk about the reasons why educators decide to stay in the classroom or to take a different path. Teaching is often viewed through a very narrow lens, one that focuses primarily on salary and the benefits. But as we know, the world of education is rich and it's complex. It's filled with passionate individuals who are shaping the minds and futures of our next generation. So it's about time that we shed light on the multifaceted factors that influence the decisions of our educators. Now, while a competitive salary is undeniably important, absolutely it is, it's only part of the story. So in this season, I'm going to explore the stories, the experiences, and the insights of educators who have made life-altering choices. But for now, I will only be sharing my eight cents. Welcome. Certainly, I want my audience to understand why an increase in salary or compensation alone is no longer just sufficient to retain educators in the classroom. I mean, absolutely, let's make it clear that if that was a starting conversation, definitely paying teachers what they are worth and for their expertise and for their professional preparation, maybe the conversation might change. But in many regards, it might not be enough. I've witnessed firsthand the evolving landscape of education and the various factors that influence teacher retention. So one of them is the workload and stress. Um, Many times in our school districts, I mean, I saw a post the other day where uh, someone said, you're implementing a lot of new uh, initiatives and uh, uh, new new tools to use in the classroom, supposedly, but you're not not taking anything off of the teacher's plate. So there was a lot of work that that teachers had to do in the first place, and you're just adding more work to it. So it's like we're wading through bureaucracy really is what it is. Teaching is not not just about the hours spent in the classroom. And really and truly, teachers today have very little time to actually teach what it is that they are trained to do. Many times, people are spending copious amounts of time uh, planning lessons that have already been designed and have been created by the people who designed the curriculum anyway. They're also grading assignments and they're attending to administrative tasks, which takes a lot of time. Many times we spend more than 15 hours, uh, whether it's in meetings or in phone calls, in administrative tasks, and the teaching component of our work actually is minimized. We have very little time to actually teach because everything is now a paper hustle. So teachers often find themselves working very long hours beyond the school day, leading to burnout and and stress. I mean, take for example, at the middle school level, at least here in Georgia, middle school um, working hours, 8.30 to 4.30 p.m. Now, of course, you're supposed to work outside of contractual hours to catch up and to do what you're supposed to do. But that's an assumption. In any other job, whether, whether you go there early or you go there late, if the person is working beyond their contractual hours, they're paid and they're compensated for that. 
not an education, not at all. It's just assumed that you will do it anyway. And since, you know, many places, you know, teachers are seen as pacifists, they're not going to push back or anything like that. Uh, School districts tend to take advantage of teachers for the work that they do. And we cannot keep saying, oh, it's a thankless job or or, um, any of those catchphrases, because truly, these people are expending energy, they're giving their work their very best, and their families are getting the rest. And that is absolutely not fair. There's a lot of stress on teachers, and they have very little time to actually do what they are professing to be teachers because they're mainly dealing with administrative work. Now, there's a lack of autonomy as well. Over the years, the teaching profession has seen a decrease in teacher autonomy. Teachers often feel that their ability to make decisions about curriculum, their teaching methods, and even classroom management is being constrained by a number of factors, such as outside interests and policies, and policies that are being made by people who have not even been in the classroom for a long time. I'm talking about 10, 15, 20 years. The last time that they were in the classroom was probably 15, 20 years, 30 years ago, and they were only in there for maybe between one and five years. So this loss of creative freedom can make the job much less fulfilling, regardless of the salary. Now let's talk about the bane of all existence, professional development and growth opportunities. Now in most schools, professional development just seems like something that people just check a box off to say that, okay, it's been done. How many of these professional development workshops actually have follow-up where they actually go and find out whether what was being taught is implemented and to see whether there are any results. No, not at all. And then let's not talk about how they're even presented. It's just information dumping. It's not about actually helping or, or trying to teach the teachers anything or trying to have them learn anything. We just have to present this material to the staff, therefore sit here because we have made it mandatory and it's a requirement. Therefore, you know we're gonna check this box. We're just gonna lecture you with, with death by PowerPoint. Yes, I have something to say today. And truly, I think this is something that needs to be addressed. Let's respect the teachers. Let's respect that they are they are professionals, that they actually came about their degrees because they actually put the work in, that they are living, breathing, thinking, creative, intellectual beings. Let's not just information dump at these professional developments. Actually find out what people want to learn and show them in a constructive manner that is interactive in a way that shows that you are even interested in their actual personal development, show them that you are actually interested in what you're doing. And it's not just another routine task that you had to do. So you could just check the box off that you actually presented in front of these people. Let it be something that is meaningful because everyone's time is valuable. And if you're not going to teach, if you're actually not here to add value, please stop wasting teachers' time, truly. And then as far as Uh, where we're talking about growth opportunities, sometimes, many times, really, there's a a lack of uh, avenues for career progression. Sometimes it seems as if that the positions that are advertised on 
job boards within districts and things, you've already put your people in position for that. So why make people go through the rigmarole of jumping through hoops in order to apply for positions, thinking that they're actually going to advance, they'll be able to move there, whereas you already have your network going on. I don't think that's the way that you encourage people to want to do more, to want to do better. Educators may start looking for alternatives that offer better prospects in that regard. Now, parental and community support, that's another avenue. Teachers thrive in an environment where they receive support, not only from their school administration, but also from parents and community. A lack of parental involvement or even any kind of adversarial relationships with parents can lead to feelings of frustration and isolation for teachers. Why is it that at the beginning of the pandemic, it was like, oh my goodness, teachers were heroes or so. And then somehow, because there were some parents or there were some people who did not want to deal with their offspring or their charges, teachers were now seen as the villains. I mean, it the the disrespect was absolutely ridiculous but you know when you don't have any support from the parents when you have people who have relinquished their parental rights all the time and saying well the school is the last last frontier and then the school should take care of of their issues they don't want to raise their children and they come to pta meetings or conferences and they come and say things like well i don't know what to do with him what do you want the educator to do with your child What exactly do you want the teacher to do? If you have already washed your hands off of your own offspring that came from your loins, that is your DNA, what do you want the teacher to do in that regard? We can't wave a magic wand. This is your child. We have to partner together. Understood that perhaps you were not there initially, but now that you are here, let's do something. And we have to build together together. It involves everyone taking responsibility, doing their part. Because ultimately, this is not my child. This is your child. You have to take responsibility, ultimately, for what you created. Respect and recognition. This is the next part. Teachers play a critical role in shaping the future of society. Yet, they are often undervalued and underappreciated. The first part of the semester for me is spent teaching my students manners. Simple, courteous things like saying good morning, please, and thank you. And I teach eighth graders, by the way. So it's surprising to me that at this level, we have to now start reteaching these things. And let's not say, oh, because they're teenagers, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Because majority of the people who are listening to this podcast as well, they were teenagers teenagers at one time too. And they understood the value of manners. They had manners. You actually had to demonstrate that. You knew the please, yes, ma'am, no, no, sir, please and thank you. I'm sorry, I apologize, or whatever it was, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You had to say those things. We understood those things. Why is it that our students are coming in and they are sullen and they feel that they can just speak to people any way that they want to? 
So many of them come in and they have such a sour attitude, even when it is that you try to correct them. But there are also those students amongst them who are, they they have good manners and they say good morning. They take correction very well. They are such a joy to have. Now, so you can't say that, oh, it's all teenagers. No, not at all. But you see, those students who say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or thank you, or please, or anything of that, or, oh, I apologize, that was my fault, or whatever, they take responsibility, they take ownership. Why is it that those children are amenable to correction, but we see a vast majority of children who are not? Well, part of the problem is that our society has allowed certain things to permeate and to fester. And we don't correct any longer because we are afraid of offending or we are afraid of breaking somebody's fragile feelings. Well, I'm not saying we should be so we should coddle. I'm not saying that um, people don't have feelings or that we should not respect that. But I don't think we should bend over to the point that we make the rules absolutely evaporate just because we want to accommodate somebody else's bad habits. No, not at all. There has to be boundaries. There have to be boundaries. And our, our young ones, have to, they have to learn it. A little bit of correction goes a long way. If you learn it now, you never know. The ability to follow directions, the ability to, to listen to authority, the ability to actually get along with other people, it could save your life one day. That's what I tell my students all the time. So why can't we just do that? A salary increase might not address the deeper need for societal recognition of what teachers do on a daily basis and the respect that they deserve. Because teaching is not just standing in front of the class and saying, okay, open your textbook. It is so much more complex than that. It really is. And I wish people would just slow down for a minute and take a good look at what teachers do on a daily basis and realize that these are some very highly skilled individuals that you send your children to every day. But you don't recognize and your students do not appreciate some of them I should say, some of these students do not appreciate or recognize what it is these teachers do. Now, student behavior and uh, discipline issues will be the next thing. Managing student behavior and discipline is an ongoing challenge for educators. Last year, it it was absolutely insane. It was crazy. This year, we're seeing another trend. Now, some of these things really have just been exacerbated really by um, what we're seeing on social media. And because children are at home unsupervised. Now, this is not to say all of them, but you know, the vast majority of children um, who are coming in, who are displaying trouble behavior, or who are wrecking shop and just stealing instructional time from others, many of them are unsupervised. They're at home just left to their devices. Speaking of devices, let's curtail, let's curtail and put some rules in place about how our children use their cell phones. And that goes to adults as well. I was at a restaurant today placing an order and the gentleman in front of me, two times I had to tap his shoulder that, hey, could you please move up? 
And when they finally called him to come and place his order, he was on his phone, totally oblivious of what was going on. I had to tap him a, a third time to say, hey, that person down there has been calling your attention. And then I was like, oh, oh, sorry about that. And then walked over there. Let's pay attention. What is so important that is on the phone that you cannot switch it off to pay attention to what you came into an establishment to do? What is so important? How important, how famous are you that you are checking your phone every 20 seconds? Let's put some boundaries in place. Let's, let's help our students understand how to function and how to move and maneuver in society. Many students are on their phones as well as adults sharing some information that does not add value. It does not bring any iota of enlightenment to anybody's life. Students in schools are sharing pictures, images, videos of vastly inappropriate material. And they must have learned it somewhere. They have parental units at home and they see what you laugh at. They see what you cheer for. So of course they're going to imitate that. An increase in salary is not going to alleviate the stress that comes with dealing with disruptive behavior or inadequate support from school administration in addressing these issues. And let me just say as well that the admin themselves, they are tired. They are tired and they are put upon because many of them are unable to even do the job that they were hired to do. Essentially, they're dealing with discipline from the second they step into the school until the time they leave. And those who are not dealing with discipline are probably turning a blind eye to everything else and just pretending and saying, oh, I can't see it. It's minor. It's minor because they don't want to deal with the paperwork. It's a bureaucracy these days. Everything is buried under mountains of paper. Now, yes, we also have changing demographics and there is a bigger uh, pool of students who are coming in who are increasingly diverse with students with various cultural, linguistic, and socioeconomic backgrounds. So teachers do require training and support to effectively address the needs of these diverse learners. I mean, we know that in schools, many schools across the United States, that there aren't enough special education teachers and uh, multilingual teachers as well. This, this is not only in the United States. I'm sure it is pretty much around the world that there is a shortage of teachers who specialize in one area or the other. And so you, are, you have one teacher who's pooled in like two or three different ways, and she has to meet the needs of all of these students. It's not enough to just say, oh, okay, let's just give them a bonus. You know, enough with the stick and carrot, enough with it. Let's actually provide the resources and the training for the teachers so that they can actually do their work well, so that they can serve these population of students. Inadequate resources will be the other part that comes uh, on the tail end of that. Insufficient funding for classroom supplies, technology, and other resources can hinder a teacher's ability to provide quality education. How many times have we sat in a professional development workshop and they're introducing some new technology um, to 160 teachers, but it's only going to be available in two classrooms? So what are the rest of us there for? Are we spectators to this new wonderful thing? It almost reminds me of the car in uh, Things Fall Apart by the book by Chinua Achebe. 
what we're all supposed to dance around this machine and oh praise it or something like that what in the world is this about provide the if you're going to introduce a new initiative and you want teachers to new, use new tools then provide the tools provide the resources let everybody be able to use it let everybody be able to implement it and and of course follow up and see whether this is actually effective don't just information dump like i said earlier is it really effective? Is it really going to work? Is it really going to add value to what we're trying to achieve? Or is this for aesthetics? Or is this another way for us to be able to tell everybody that, oh, we have this latest technology, look at us, we're doing something great. Even a higher, at a higher salary, educators will find it frustrating to work in an environment where they can't offer the very best learning experience to their students. I'm almost done. Evolving career aspirations. As society changes, teachers' career aspirations can also evolve. Some educators might be interested in exploring opportunities outside the classroom, such as curriculum development, educational technology, or policymaking. Having a narrow focus on salary doesn't address these aspirations because you know what? In those other professions, they have the professional freedom to do what they are trained to do. But in education, not at all. Teachers have to teach with their hands bound and tied behind them because there are policies and there are people who are exacting policies who have not served the population that they are expecting results from. And ultimately, we know that COVID-19, the pandemic, it highlighted and it exacerbated many existing uh, challenges in the educational system. Teachers had to adapt rapidly to new teaching methods, often with inadequate support and resources. And the phrase at the time was, we're just building the plane as it goes along. Nah, teachers have been put upon long enough. And this is what our series this season is going to be talking about. We want to talk to the teachers who are choosing to stay and some who are actually in the midst of thinking about a new career path because really this is something we have to talk about. Let's talk about it so that we understand the reasons why teachers might be choosing to find a, a different path to go because we have this problem with teacher retention. Let's talk about it so that it can make sense. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Beyond the Paycheck. We hope you enjoyed the episode as we kick off the new season. Be sure to subscribe to School Paradigms for more fire episodes like this one. Now, before I say goodbye, I want to express my heartfelt gratitude to all the teachers out there, the unsung heroes who tirelessly work to inspire, educate, and nurture the future of our world. Your dedication is awe-inspiring and your impact is immeasurable. Let's continue the conversation in the community on Teachers Roundtable on the Teacher Toolkit app. You will find valuable resources and tools to elevate your instructional practice. Download it from Google Play or Apple Store. You can also visit my website at spiinternational.org. That's spiinternational.org. As always, if you found this episode enlightening, please consider sharing it with your friends, family, and colleagues. Together, we can continue to elevate the conversation surrounding education and especially teacher retention. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing, and keep making a difference. This is your host, Bankesh Shalou, signing off. <laughs>